0: Hi friends, I'm Rob Teigen
1: and I'm Joanna and this is the Growing Home Together podcast.
0: We're caring for the soul of your family, helping you grow closer to God
1: and each other. Thank you for joining me today for the Growing Home Together podcast. Rob is stepping away today so we can just have a talk just mom to mom. And as the mother of two boys, you know, I've always wanted to grow a close connection That would keep the door open to speak into their lives. And, you know, I want my sons to feel valued, to feel known, to feel like as their mom that I'm their greatest cheerleader. And I also want to build a deep level of trust between us so they can share their questions and their feelings with me at every age and stage of their growing up. But maybe like me, you don't always know how to grow that kind of relationship with your son. And that is why I'm so excited to welcome today's guest, Christy Thomas, for a word of help and encouragement in our mothering. Christy is a wife, she's a mom, an author, and the creator of the Little Shoots Deep Roots community, where she helps Christian moms to confidently nurture deep roots of faith in their kids' lives. So thank you, Christy, for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So okay, Christy, my kiddo has finished up his school year and we have more time on our hands, so I have to say (laughs) it's really exposing um, an ongoing struggle that I feel in my mothering, and I don't know about the moms listening, but sometimes I run out of fresh ideas for how to connect with my son. So what are some of the creative ways that you have found to make memories or bond with each of your boys? I think it doesn't always take a lot of time,
2: make memories and bond with our boys some of the things I do with them are pretty short but it usually just comes down to finding out what they enjoy and then do oh no not what they enjoy but what we both enjoy so where you know if we we're two Venn diagrams where do our circles overlap um, what do we both enjoy and in doing those things together so my kids and I all really love listening to audiobooks or having me read aloud to them so we do a lot of that which I like and they like. So it's kind of a win, 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 win <laughs> situation. <clears throat> Sorry. One of my boys really likes to come for errands with me. So I usually invite him along when I'm going on an errand. So he likes to come with me to the grocery store, and we chat when we're in the car and when we're grocery shopping. And uh, so he really likes that, which is really simple and I need to grocery shop anyway. Somebody else likes to walk the dog with me and Sometimes we'll like write silly stories together while we're walking, like making up weird versions of fairy tales or something. Um, And the two of us also started learning French together this year. So that's been kind of a fun bonding thing. And then uh, my oldest also really likes to wrestle. So this is something really easy and short, like just part of our bedtime routine. It sort of just evolved that way that I have to wrestle him to give him a kiss. Oh, that's really cute. <laughs> so if I want to kiss him on the cheek at bedtime, I have to wrestle him. Like, not like a big, intense wrestle. We've had to pare it back a little bit because I'm like, I don't really like getting hurt. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you can't be on the offensive. You have to just be defensive. But that's enough, and it it kind of speaks to his love language, too, of touch. And so that's kind of fun. And okay, this isn't actually me and my son, but one of my other boys has a nightly insult fight with his dad
1: where they think about the best insults and they insult each other. <laughs> oh, that is too great. My son would love that. He's he's discovered sarcasm because he has older sisters. So he, he would be all about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then
2: he tells me, well, daddy called me this and I called him that. And then I, I get to kind of vote, like, which one I think is better.
1: <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. That's <laughs> really so great. weird. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, what you're saying kind of makes me think, you know, my son's two first loves are his video game system and our trampoline. I mean, he has loved the trampoline since he could barely walk. But I have to say, um, I am a total klutz as soon as somebody puts a game controller in my hand. And after four pregnancies, um, the trampoline is a little tough on me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I feel bad. I can't always enter into those things very well with him. Um, So that's really reassuring. I know uh, other moms have told me they don't feel very comfortable playing with toys or having imaginary games with their kids, and that creates some of that guilt and that self-doubt. You know, am I parenting well enough? Um, But it sounds like what you're saying is we can create fun moments with our boys without feeling like we have to become a kid ourselves, right? Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, to, it's been really hard for me because I used to be the adult that was the fun person. I used to always disappear and go play with the kids. It drive, drove my husband crazy. He's like, you always just disappear and go play with the kids and leave me alone to talk to the adults. But once I had kids, I just, I, it was like my personality changed. Like I just couldn't do that anymore. I just wasn't interested in doing those things. So some of some of it for me is just like digging down real deep to the person I used to be mm-hmm. <laughs> and just trying again. But I really don't think we have to play with our kids to be good moms. Um, One of my uh, good friends, she told me when her daughter was young that she doesn't play with her daughter. Whenever her daughter would want her to play with her, she's like, you know what? I won't play with you, but I will read you a book. And her daughter is now graduating high school and loves reading and is super intelligent and Mm -hmm. really has a great connection with her mom. So even though her mom never played with her, (laughs) even though she asked, she always gave her another option of something that she could handle because she just couldn't do the imaginary play. So, but I think there's other ways to play with our kids. We could board games. I like doing board games or card games with my kids. It's kind of a way to just play without, I don't know, needing to, you know, drive little cars around or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And then sometimes I just want to surprise them. A couple of weeks ago, I came downstairs and said, you know what? I'm going to play video games with you. I am terrible at this. So give me your easiest game. <laughs> and I played a Lego video game with one of my kids. And I am terrible on the, you know, the video, whatever, the controller things too. Uh-huh. Even name. <laughs> but he thought it was so hilarious. He got to show me what to do and yell in my ear. Right. <laughs> do this, do this, do this. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm no worse for the world. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite moment ever, but I liked that he was happy. Right.
1: <laughs> Right. I'm finding with my son and I, because he's 10 now, and um, I'm not very tall at all, and he's very tall for his age, and he's super proud of the fact that he finally passed me in height, and so a point of connection is me actually um, kind of needing him, so we've made a habit that whenever I have to go to the hardware store, I make sure that I bring him with me, because he... You know, any other store you go to, if he starts climbing, you're like, stop climbing. It's not appropriate. But at the hardware store, he's climbing up um, on shelving to reach things that are too high for me. He's, uh, oh, again, like he loves his little pocket knife. And he's constantly being told you have to keep your pocket knife put away. But, you know, if there's a pallet wrapped in plastic and he gets to unwrap the pallet for me, that is big stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think for us, it's not exactly play, but his feeling that my mom needs me um my mom can let all my boyness hang out and actually that have that be a blessing to her with the Mm -hmm. you know that's been kind of the neat thing through this gardening season and I'm totally with you on the game thing I love playing games with him because it it creates a level playing field you know Mm -hmm. you're not teaching him anything he has just as much of a chance to win as I do um and it becomes such a a shared and kind of um you know equal back and forth it's just it's fun it's really fun. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I should have asked you early on, can you give us a quick rundown on the ages of your boys? <laughs> sure. My oldest is 12, and then I have a 9-year-old who's almost 10 in a couple weeks, and a 7-year-old. Okay. All right. So you have a very active household, I can just imagine.
2: Yeah. Well, they all really like to read, so they're all either listening to audiobooks or reading. So I, I can't say. <laughs> they're <laughs> probably not as active as some other boy households. They do like to, you know, wrestle and Oh, sure. run around, but they they also know how to read quietly, which is wonderful.
1: Ah, that's really fun. And speaking of reading, hey, I am so excited that today we get to share all about your brand new resource for moms with everybody who's listening. And you wrote your latest book, The Mother and Son Prayer Journal, for moms to share with their boys ages 6 to 12. Uh, kind of with that age range in mind. And I was hoping you could tell us what is unique about that 6 to 12 stage that your boys and my son are in when it comes to sharing spiritual truth.
2: Well, often we think that we need to wait until our kids are older before we start talking about those kind of things with our kids. But actually, uh, you know, that before age 13 is really foundational for setting a child's worldview. So by age 13, and some people actually say even by age nine, your worldview is set. So that means your beliefs, your thought patterns, your behavior patterns, those are set. So of course it's a very foundational age. We, we want to help them set a biblical worldview before, before it's (laughs) kind of set in stone. And that doesn't mean that God can't change things later. Um, But it's, Um, Have you ever heard that phrase, it's easier to build a fence at the top of the hill than to build a hospital at the bottom?
1: Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind
2: of, you know, that before age 13 stage. Now, specifically with ages 6 to 12, I think they're so fascinating. They're asking such interesting questions, and we can have such good conversations together. Like, preschoolers will sometimes ask really good questions, too, but they're more asking because they... They don't really are, sorry, what am I trying to say? (laughs) They can't really even understand the answers. Like my four-year-old used to ask, how can I know that God is there even if I can't see him? And no matter what answer I gave him, a four-year-old isn't really capable of understanding my answer. But as a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old, we can really have some of those super interesting conversations about faith. They've got some real-life experience now that we can talk about, hey, do you remember that time that that happened and where God worked there? So that's why I really love that stage.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. And I was thinking about that, you know, our son, like I said, is 10 and we've noticed that Every year that he gets older his questions about God and the Bible do become more complex. And, you know, just in this last week, he has been wrestling so hard with the question of why God allowed evil into the world in the first place? And he's he's chewing on this question, like, why won't God use his power to erase all of this evil and suffering that I see around me? And that's a toughie. I mean, we're unpacking some big stuff. So what would you tell the mom who doesn't feel equipped to answer her child's questions or explain the Bible very well. Oh, I'm with you there. Actually, my seven-year-old has been wrestling through the same thing. He just keeps saying, like,
2: why didn't God just snap his fingers and make it go back in time and not create the devil? Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> like, doesn't it just seem like it makes so much sense? And kind of it makes sense to me, too. <laughs> why not? Right, right. <laughs> but there's some theological reasons, why not, Right. But I think sometimes we become afraid of those questions and we just don't have those conversations because we, we're afraid that we don't know the answer. We don't know it all. But God promises wisdom to those who ask. So if we don't know something, let's ask God. And he might not give us, you know, a download into our brain of what exactly to say, although I have had that happen to me sometimes. Um, but he might prompt you to say, well, I don't know. Let's look that up together. Or how about we call our pastor or let's look online. Uh, there's lots of ways to kind of find answers to your questions. So I would always just start by asking the one who knows it all.
1: I love just how open hearted God is to us. Um, he doesn't make prayer complicated, you know, mm-hmm. and he's right there. He's sitting right next to us on the couch when my son drops one of those bombs <laughs> in my lap, you know? Right? And I just love that, that God is going to stay present with us in this every step of the way. Um, Yeah. And you kind of alluded to this a minute ago, but, um, one other thing I noticed about the stage my son is in is that he can still be quite literal in his thinking. And, Mm -hmm. um, it can be, like you said, hard for him to wrap his mind around a God that he can't see with his eyes. Um, so what are some of the ways that we can help our boys grasp the reality of God? That
2: is really tricky, you're right, because it is an age and stage thing. You know, kids are really concrete and literal until they're about 12. So, which means that like abstract concepts and metaphors and even parables are, they really can't understand them. Now, I I still think that we should teach them to our kids. It kind of feels like we're building up a library in their hearts and in their minds uh, that they can come back to. They can pull up that book again and go, oh, I remember reading that parable when I was four. Oh, and it's so much more meaningful now. So. Mm They don't have to get it all in order for us to teach it. But there are ways for, I think, for us to help them to understand. So I really like some object lessons. I find them really helpful Uh, as a fun way to help kids understand God. For example, if you're thinking about, like, how can God be there when I can't see him? I mean, most people talk about the wind. Imagine the wind. But a really fun object lesson is just to take a cup and crumple up a piece of paper and put it in the bottom of the cup. And then take that cup, hold it upside down, and put it in a pail full of water. Now, what's going to happen to that paper if it's upside down? You'd think it would the fall paper, in the water, it, right? Well, if, if, you, if you crumpled it up good and squished it in the bottom, it shouldn't fall out. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yes. you put it in the water and the air bubble that's in there is going to protect it, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to get wet. So as long as you don't tip the cup and you've got the cup upside down and the paper's pushed up pretty tight to the top of the cup, that paper is going to stay dry. So you pull it out and you say, well, what? it didn't look like anything was in there. But something was in there protecting that paper. So even though we can't see that air, it really does exist. You you just kind of have to put it in the right circumstance to see it. Mm -hmm. So object lessons like that can really help kids understand, okay, so God is there and I can't see him and I, if that's okay. (laughs) Sometimes we just need to be okay with not fully understanding everything.
1: Right. And I know for me, I think, you know, I've been walking with God for a really long time, and sometimes I wish I could see Him with my eyes, and my faith needs some encouragement too. And I think that that's where cultivating a habit of prayer with our boys is super important because they can see how God answers. Mm-hmm. You know? um, remember when we talked to God about that, and now look what He did, you know? And so that's one other reason why. Uh, the devotional that you created is so powerful because you just weave prayer through the entire thing. You made that integral to it. Um, Could you tell us uh, with everything that you wrote in there, if there's a particular entry that has meant the most to either you or one of your boys as you were reading it together? Yeah, there was
2: one that when I was writing it, I wasn't expecting it. It was almost like I have to fit a couple more in, <laughs> so I just kind of wrote it. But then when I was doing it with my boys, it ended up being way more powerful than I thought. So it's right at the end. It's number 50 out of 52, and we're talking about the dip four different, um, that through the acronym of pray. So praise, repent, ask, and then the last one is Yes. When we say amen at the end of a prayer, it means we're saying, God, this is what I've asked of you, but I trust you. It means so be it, Lord. I will go with whatever <laughs> your plan is. Yes. And so the, the question that I asked the boys there was, are you ready to say yes to God? If so, write yes. And one of my boys that um, hadn't really super been into the journal and has always had a lot of faith questions, he was like, Yes. And he wrote like, yes, all over his page. And I was like, almost crying. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He's just like, he's really just like putting a line in the sand here. And he's saying yes to God, probably for the first time, like an unequivocal yes. And <laughs> like, I hope I don't ever forget that.
1: That was so amazing. Wow. Oh, I can just imagine. Because that is, that is our greatest heart desire as moms mm-hmm. is to... Have our kids fall in love with God. So that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, and I didn't want that, I know that sometimes we can
2: kind of pry those kind of answers out of our kids a little bit like, are you ready to say yes to God? And they're going to be like, well, of course, mom, you're asking me yes, but it just felt like it was like bursting out of his spirit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, yes, I love it. Oh, that's so good.
0: Hi friends, Rob and Joanna Tigan of Growing Home Together are the parents of five kids ranging in age from elementary school to high school to adult newlyweds. They know the fun and joy and also the stress and confusion that could come with raising kids through all the ages and stages of growing up. Just like you, they worry over their children's safety and well-being. They feel the pressure to train their kids to do what's right, and they carry sadness when their kids struggle or make poor choices. And as parents like you, their greatest hope is to bring up children who know God's love in their life. But Rob and Joanna know they can't control what happens to their kids or the people they become. They have learned how important it is to place their sons and daughters in God's hands. And most of all, they have learned the power of prayer to make a difference in their children's lives. That is why they are so passionate to help moms and dads like you to pray for your kids. They created two amazing resources, Powerful Prayers for Your Son and Powerful Prayers for Your Daughter. These beautiful books offer page after page of targeted prayers That cover every kind of challenge and hope your kids will face as they grow. Is your child facing hard circumstances? Are they lonely or anxious? Do they struggle to know God or trust Him? Is it hard to build a close relationship together? Take hold of powerful prayers for your son and powerful prayers for your daughter to invite God's love and power into your child's life today. Each title is available for you at growinghometogether.com or wherever books are sold. And now, back to the show.
1: Well, you know, that's not the only book that you wrote. Um, you are also the author of some beautiful children's books. And they they dig deep into some pretty sensitive emotions and questions that our kids have to deal with. Um, I was wondering, what moved you to tackle subjects like grief and loss in your books? <laughs> Oh, uh, God.
2: <laughs> um, so Quinn's Promise Rock talks about anxiety and helps kids understand kind of in a, like it takes one of those abstract concepts and makes a a little bit more concrete. So I actually got the idea for the Quinn's Promise Rock from a friend who had said on Facebook one day, her child was anxious. So she put a rock in his pocket and told him that whenever he touched the rock, he needed to remember that God was with him. Not that God was the rock, but it was just a, a rem- reminder that God was with him. So I, I originally wrote the story for their family. I mailed it to her. But she's an author and she's like, you have got to get this published. So she helped me write the proposal and stuff and ended up being published. Um, and But also I had a son at the time who was dealing with a lot of anxiety too. So there was a lot of kind of personal emotion and stuff in there as to what my own son needed at the time. Mm-hmm. And then Quinn Says Goodbye deals with loss and really the little section in there where the mom is comforting Quinn and saying like you know it's okay to cry sometimes bad things happen and god doesn't always stop them but he's always with there he's always with you through that those are lessons that i learned when my sister was killed in a car accident when she was 18 that you know that it's okay to cry and okay to have your real emotions and sometimes bad things happen and there's i still don't understand you know sometimes we can trace back those bad things and say what did god weave that was beautiful out of that or what might have been the reason for that I don't see a reason for it why would three healthy you know teenagers be killed in a car accident and how would that possibly be part of God's big plan and yet I know that God is with her through me with me through it um and comforting me dealing with my questions and my emotions mm-hmm. and it just I really really deeply felt the presence of God during that time Wow. So I wanted to, you know, in 700 words, sort of portray a little bit of that personal experience. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I have to say, I'm very sorry for the loss of your sister.
2: Me too. If she's, I just realized the other day that she's been gone almost as long as she was alive. It was 17 years ago.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I'm sure that when you talk to your boys about these ideas and you can say that you personally have walked it, that that gives a huge amount of um, really credibility to you. You're not just telling them a nice, cheerful story. You've had to mm-hmm. live it. So that's, that's really beautiful how God met you. Um, you know, one thing that I wasn't prepared for when we adopted our youngest child was the amount of grief that he would carry over his birth story. Um, and it has really stretched me in my parenting to know how to comfort him in that Um, as a mom, what do you think are some practical ways that we can meet our kids in their hurts and losses? Well, I definitely had to learn
2: this too. And it was really handy that my mother-in-law used to be a mental health nurse. So she did some extra training in grief counseling, Mm -hmm. which was so good. So I was able to kind of pick her brain about this too. So some things that I've learned both from her and just from experience is just allowing them to feel their feelings. First of all, like they can be sad, they can be angry, they can even be happy. Kids can, um, I was reading this one article once where they called it puddle jumping, where kids can be sad one minute and then they're like off happily doing something and you think, why aren't they still sad? This is like the worst thing ever that's happened to them. And yet they're off playing happily and that's okay too. It's not that they're, they just have kind of this profound ability to compartmentalize and that's okay. So just allowing them to feel the emotions that they're currently feeling is okay. And then I think it's important to tell the truth about loss that, Um, sometimes it happens. And God doesn't always stop it. But then also to reassure them of God's promises. So a while back, our, my parents bird died. And it reminded one of my boys, he was just crying so bitterly, because it reminded him of the loss of their fish. Mm. (laughs) Their fish had died, like, a year before and that had made them really sad and so the loss of my parents bird which was actually really deeply affected me too because it was actually my sister's bird and <laughs> now you know why that would affect oh, me oh i can imagine this bird finally passed away it was super old and my one of my sons was just distraught and so we went and we read some of the promises in revelation and i said look at how, how god is going to change us at the end of the time and this was one of the promises that this is not going to be like this forever But I also showed him some promises where Jesus said, I will always be with you through it all. So even now in this time, we can look forward to that future time. But now he is still with us, even though we can't see him, too. So but we can also, you know, tell them stories of how God wove good out of bad, which he usually does. You know, like the story of Joseph, where Joseph very clearly says what you intended for evil, God intended for good. Or even just a time from their own life, like maybe their friend moved away and then. God help them make a new friend. You know, th- sometimes or usually God does continue to weave good out of these bad things. So we can remind them of those things, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that my son's primary love language is quality time. And one way that he feels comfort and reassurance is by having close one-on-one time together. And for me, that's one more reason why your prayer journal is special because you created a powerful tool to help us create those one-on-one moments Mm. with our boys. And um, I know when we first picked it up and I showed it to my son though, he was like, oh, another book, you know, it's the end of school year. I've had it up to my neck with books, mom. But (laughs) um, (laughs) once we started it, he thinks it's fabulous. Um, And in the beginning you, you give some great suggestions for how to build consistency into our devotional time with our kids. So you, you've you got to share some of those with us now because I'm sure a lot of us have struggled to create a consistent routine for our families.
2: Oh, yes. This is what I love talking about
1: because I know it's so hard,
2: like just from personal experience. It took me so long to figure out some of these things. And uh, so one thing that has really helped us is just finding finding a time that works for us. Like even though some people say bedtime works really good, that doesn't mean bedtime is going to work really good for you. Maybe breakfast time or lunch time or in the car time where your oldest is reading the book and you're all answering the questions who knows so finding a time that works for you and that doesn't mean the time of day that's like a what you want to think about it as like a prompt so when I sit down to eat breakfast with my kids I will pull out this book or when I pull my son's covers up over his shoulders we're going to sit down and read this book so something like a very physical prompt, that's going you're going to be able to do it at any time of day, as long as that prompt happens. That's going to kind of wire it into your brain as a habit. But you also want to keep it really easy. That's one reason that I tried really hard to make the questions in the journal simple for kids. I wanted it to be easy and fun and not... Like, oh, my goodness, another book to, you know, write an essay in or something. Like, I have another book sitting on my shelf that's a journal for boys. And it has a couple of questions, but they're really deep questions. And then just a whole bunch of blank lines. And my kids looked at that and went, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just, it's not easy. So I tried really hard. You know, we have that discussion question at the beginning where we're having fun learning a little bit about each other. And then mom reads something. And then their questions are um some of them are deeper than others <laughs> uh, but i tried to make it so that they would have fun writing i wanted them to doodle i wanted them to draw or make comics of their prayers because i don't think these things have to be boring they shouldn't be drudgery right so you want to find find a time that works for you you want to keep it as simple as possible so habit formation theory says that the simpler your habit is the easier it is going to be to implement like if you think about how quick it was to get addicted to Instagram or Facebook those things are very simple they're easy and they're fun so you get addicted in like 10 minutes right right (laughs) Um, so we want to keep our spiritual habits simple as well and then once they're habits then we can kind of build on them but and then we also want them to be fun so maybe we want to celebrate after hey high five we got through this or I'm going to give you an extra snuggle or whatever it is that they like um, we did this, don't we rock? (laughs) right? Uh, We remembered to do this. So you want to celebrate it. You want to have fun with it. But another, the last thing is kind of not something that you do every time, but that you do at the beginning is just to prepare yourself for it. Okay. So we're going to do this at bedtime. What do I need to do in order to succeed with this at bedtime? Well, I need to have a pencil in the bedroom. I need to have the book in the bedroom. I don't want to be looking around for the book. I don't want to be digging around for a pencil because if I know I'm going to have to dig around for a pencil, then I'm probably not going to do it. So you want to make it as easy as possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you like, I have a place that we put our Bibles and our books so that we never have to worry about where they are.
1: Well, hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> it is helpful. And um, I love that you incorporated a space for moms to write also. So it's not all on the child's shoulders to engage with the material. And when I started to write in there, I was surprised at how that made my son feel honored, actually. Like, wow, mm-hmm. mom's taking time to sit down and write her heart about me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it took it completely out of the task zone and into the relationship zone. And I thought that was a really neat element. Hmm. I've not really been like a big journaler over the last 20 years,
2: Uh, So that was kind of a (laughs) shock to my system (laughs) to use my own book to write all these Prayers, but they my kids really like that too. I would sit there and write it for them And if they were pestering me, I'd be like, you know Do you want me to write this prayer for you or not? (laughs) They'd be quiet because they wanted me to write this prayer for them and then they always wanted me to read it to them or read it You know to Mm -hmm. pray it out loud
1: Mm -hmm.
2: um, you're right because they just love that that affirmation that that you're praying for them and now I love that we've got this book of Prayers that they have this book of prayers for them that they can look back on if they ever want to.
1: Right. Well, it's no secret to anybody that, excuse me, we love prayer at our house. I mean, Rob and I write prayer books. It's what we do.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) We talk about it all the time. Um, But so this is a little bit of a a little bit of a sad thing for me that. As my son is getting older, now he's in his tween years, he's getting more and more shy about praying Mm -hmm. out loud with me or even at the dinner table. And he does okay if he uses a prayer that he memorized at school or something. But Mm -hmm. spontaneous and heartfelt prayer seems to be getting actually harder for him um, in this new season that he's in. So I was hoping you could share some ideas with what a mom could do to help her son feel a little more confident in prayer.
2: That's definitely something we've been working on ourselves and our family recently. I have one that has usually felt reasonably confident in praying out loud, but then two that are like, nope, nope, I won't. <laughs> so when we were praying together recently, I was like, why don't we do this popcorn prayer, prayer thing where you don't have to say a long prayer? It's just like a one phrase prayer. Have you ever done that with a group of kids? Popcorn prayer, where you just, you all just say a phrase like, God, thank you for this, or God, help me with this. It's just, it's designed just to be really simple and, Um, not scary and I was really shocked at how that helped both my two that didn't ever seem to know what to say or want to pray aloud they're totally fine with it now I think it's because it took the pressure off like I never had given them pressure and these were the kind of prayers that I only ever expected them to pray anyway at their ages Mm -hmm. but now that I said it's popcorn prayer on purpose (laughs) it's supposed to be short the expectation is for it to be short Suddenly, they they felt more confident praying out loud. I also really feel like prayer patterns are really helpful, too. Like, you've probably used the axe prayer, like the um, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Mm-hmm. So, I find things like that really helpful with kids because I think our one of their biggest problems is that they don't know what to say.
1: Sure. So, and then I then think that's... Like, yeah, all eyes are on them and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the pray
2: acronym that i used at the back of the prayer journal so we can use that one sometimes i have another very simple one that we use sometimes like we just say god today i liked and then we tell the god about something that we liked from our day and thank him for that and then mm-hmm. god today i didn't like and that usually comes you know we end up asking god for something and repenting from something when we tell him what we didn't like um another one that's based on that acts prayer is i just say i i kind of do it like a fill in the blank style like God, you are, and then they have to say that and they say, God, you are, and then they say like awesome and amazing or something, Mm -hmm. and then God, I'm sorry for, and then if they can't think of something, sometimes I'll crawl out a little deeper or sometimes we'll move on, and then God, thank you for, and then God, please help, and then sometimes we'll pray for ourselves, sometimes we'll pray for our aunt or whoever we want God to help, So I find that giving them some structure can really help even my most resistant prayers. Wow.
1: Those are, those are some great ideas. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so you've created this resource so we can get into the word with our kids, but, um, you know, for a lot of moms, they want to spend time with God on their own. Also, um, we want to be built up and fed by the Lord so that we can, um, be equipped for our day and you know what it's like to be a busy parent of younger kids so how do you personally create margin for prayer and bible study into your day
2: well I feel like right now I kind of am like in the dream spot (laughs) that I always wanted when my kids were younger so I'll tell you what I do now but then I'll also tell you what I did when my kids were younger and life was crazier so I'm homeschooling right now so I've don't have to rush at least i don't feel like i have to rush to get out of bed in the morning so i've never been a morning person so doing something in the morning has always been a struggle for me so i get up now around like 7 15 7. 30 and do my you know shower and stuff and then we have a, a bedroom where i have like a nice big cozy chair in it which is so nice and so before even coming out of my room i sit down in my chair, which is really welcoming. (laughs) And If it's winter, I'll cover myself with a blanket and I have my Bible there on an end table. I have a couple of study guides. I have a devotional. Um, So I have what I need. I'm already prepared for it. And it's cozy, it's welcoming. And then I can spend some time with God there. Sometimes if I am in more in a rush, I have a couple of favorite prayer podcasts that I'll listen to um, just to kind of help me Pray and get in the Word while I'm getting ready for the morning. That's kind of my last ditch effort. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can't, you know, if I can't sit down and do that more intentional time, what I used to do though, when my kids were younger and I couldn't get up earlier than them, they wouldn't, you know, they, <laughs> there's no way that I could have got up and sat in my room for half an hour without them coming in. Um, I listened to the audio Bible a lot, so I would listen to it during nap times, because I often tried to have time with God during nap times, but then I would find myself falling asleep at the table because I was just so tired. So I would fold the laundry and listen to the audio Bible. And I'm pretty sure I listened to almost the entire Bible over those few years. And I didn't, I didn't read at all, but I learned so much. Like I had already read through the Bible a couple of times, but hearing it is different from reading it. And so I, listened while I was doing the dishes, while I was folding laundry, and often still while they were having a nap, but sometimes while they were up too, which is fine, they can listen too, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So that that was kind of my saving grace during that time. I really like that aspect of technology, being able to listen to the Bible.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that our time with God doesn't have to just look one way. No, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I'm a big fan of, well, I'm not really good at just doing the
2: same thing over and over and over again. Anyway, that's just not my personality. So I like having variety. So I would already be leaning towards that even if I wasn't, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'll listen to the podcast or I'll read my devotional or I've, I would just finished reading a Henry Nowen book on the prodigal son. And it was so, so good. And, and then I went back and I'm reading through some of the prodigals along with a like a book guide about the not the product what did I say I'm going back and reading through some of the parables Mm -hmm. (laughs) along with the book so yeah I definitely like to shake it up and keep it a little different
1: okay that's great and that's great encouragement because the book you were talking about is actually the one that Rob and I were going to both read this summer so that's a good push to Mm -hmm. jump in thanks that's (laughs) so good yeah Yeah. Um, wow this is just so good you know I know there's so many moms listening who are just longing for their boys to discover how much God loves them and become boys and young men who are young men after God's own heart. Um, I was hoping that you could pray for that mom and just ask that God would enter into that desire with her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. God, we thank you so much that this is your desire, that we and our boys pursue you to
2: become men and women after your own heart. Thank you for making the moms who are listening today. Thank you for giving them the boys that you've given them with the struggles and the joys that are unique to their families. Thank you that you have given moms huge influence in the lives of our sons. Um, yeah, just Just thank you that they, especially at this age, they want to listen to us. They want to be around us for the most part. (laughs) And thank you for that influence that we have. Forgive us for the times that we haven't pursued you or the times when we've, you know, had time to talk to our kids about you or pray with them and we haven't taken that time. Forgive us for those times when we haven't. And we ask that you would help us to guide our sons to be Men after God's heart like David, that they would be full of the Holy Spirit and brave and courageous and full of trust in you and unashamed to follow and to worship God and repentant when we do wrong and they do wrong. I ask that you please bless these moms like you bless David, giving them your presence and your spirit and your courage and love and power. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Well, Christy, you've given us so much encouragement and practical tools that we can use right away in our mothering. And I know that our friends listening are going to want to connect with you and find a copy of your children's books and the mother and son prayer mm-hmm. journal for themselves. So where can we go to connect with you online? Sure. Well, the easiest way is just to go to littleshootsdeeproots.com.
2: I have, I rebranded last year, so I didn't get all my media account synced up so if you want to find me on social media just go to my website and then find the social media buttons from there <laughs> that's the easiest thing to do you can send me an email you can join my email list if you want I have a freebie called the start little guide so it's about starting these routines with our kids and how do we kind of get to that point where they're actually habits in our lives well we need to start little so Um, I kind of walk you through some simple habits that you can do and how to add these things like celebration and how to find a good prompt. So we'll help you with that.
1: Yeah, that's great. And I love your website and you have so many resources on there that we didn't even have time to talk about today. So I hope everybody heads (laughs) right there after they log off. Um, yes. And thank you so much, Christy, for taking the time today. You have been a huge blessing. Thanks so much. This has been really fun. Yeah, and thank you, friends, for joining me here today on the podcast. Rob and I would love to connect with you over on our website at growinghometogether.com. We have a free marriage download to share with you, plus some fun activities to help you laugh and connect with your kids. At Growing Home Together, we're caring for the soul of your family, and we're growing home together with you. Bye-bye.